is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation podcast network. I am Rob Stats Guerrero, and with me, as always, from the Ball Blast Football Podcast and NFL.com, Michelle Maju. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. I feel refreshed. I don't know why. All right. I I don't know if it's like that mid-season, like we crossed that line, and all of a sudden I feel like I'm ready to sprint towards the, you know, the end line here. Because you didn't have to worry about the 49ers last week because they were. You know what it really was? I was so relieved. I did not have to watch the Steelers because they also had a bye. (laughs) (laughs) It was amazing to go a week without that disappointment. It really was. It felt great. And I feel happy. Now I'll go back to being miserable on Sunday. I'm very, very sorry. But yeah, it's dark days right now for the Steelers. But hopefully next year they will be better. We'll talk about the 49ers today. Of course, we'll talk about the loss of Jason Verrett, some players that are actually returning from injury. And of course, we'll give you some best bets for the Chargers game as well. But first, we always say, if you take the time to leave a review, we will read it on the show. Today's review comes from WWE champs saying no. Subject disappointed, although it is five stars. So I appreciate that. Love the addition of Steph and Vish, but calling a show Bully Ball, which is our Tuesday show, Calling a show Bully Ball is promoting bullying. Using the word bullying to promote as a positive way to do things is terrible. Need to remove people using the word bully to be positive on a football field as it sends the message to kids it's good to bully people. All I'll say to that is, I disagree. I respect your opinion. That's fine. It's my call to approve the names I of wonder the what I wonder what my podcast uh, says to people. Ball blast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go around blasting people's balls please <laughs> i'm sure men would appreciate that um yeah not like i that's your opinion and that's fine uh, i bully ball is i think everybody knows what we say when we talk about bully ball especially 49ers fans uh so i disagree but i appreciate the opinion and like we say we welcome everybody here you f- always feel free to share the opinion and like i said we will read it on the show all right michelle the big story for the niners this week two things i want to get to first jason verrett goes down Achilles injury. Obviously, he's done for the year, probably done for his career. He's torn both Achilles. He's torn both ACLs. He's torn a labrum in his shoulder in his career. He had a severe ankle injury that cost him 15 games. I mean, this poor man's body is clearly telling him as good as he can be when he is healthy, he just cannot play football. Yeah, I feel really bad for the guy. It it stinks. Like It it just stinks whenever there is a player in any sport that worked so hard to be here their entire life and their body just won't hold up. So I feel very bad for the man. I don't think it really changes anything for the 49ers season this year, but I feel bad for the man. I've said exactly the same thing. I mean, I don't mean to be crass, but like he literally hasn't played this year. So it's not like he was contributing on the field and now they've lost that. Like they're, they're still the same defense that they were last week. I don't mean to be cruel or anything or, or insensitive, but that's just a fact. Yeah, and he also didn't play last year except for a five seconds. So, and I, you seeing him train this year, he didn't look close to coming back. And if he was back, I don't think he would have been that great on the field. So, again, it, it really sucks for the man himself. I just, and his career is probably over. And that sucks. Yeah, unfortunately. They, I mean, they claimed he was close to coming back last week. Who knows? But he's been with the 49ers for three years, Michelle. And outside of 2020, when he played 13 games, Jason Verrett has played in two games in the two other years that he was in San Francisco. I think that shows first, like, 
how much they believed in his skill if they could get him healthy because they kept bringing him back. But also, like, he just, it, it's not work. It didn't work. It, it's over, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it should be, right? Like, for him, he needs to let that body rest. <laughs> you know, it's really hard for any player to come back from Achilles, let alone one that, you know, typically is always injured with other problems. I think it's time. I mean, it's not my decision. He can make whatever decision he wants, but his body is clearly trying to tell him something. So hopefully he has a very nice retirement and finds happiness in his life outside of football. And the interesting thing, a couple of things. One, uh, clearly the Niners, it affected the whole team. They talked about it. John Lynch has talked about it. George Kittle, Debo was talking about it, how after it happened, like there was just this kind of quiet. You know, because he was really beloved inside the locker room. He had apparently given a lot of advice to the other Niners defensive backs, you know, kind of coached him up a little bit. So clearly a locker room favorite. And it kind of depressed the team a little bit, which is understandable. But it's unfortunate because I feel like before this, all the vibes for the 49ers were good, right? Everybody was coming back. Like it was good vibes in San Francisco. And, you know, this obviously does kind of blunt that a little bit. Yeah, I think they just feel bad for their friend. You know, I would feel really bad if my friend had a terrible injury. I really don't think this affects the team in the slightest. When I saw the news, I was like, well, that sucks for the guy. But I wasn't like, oh, no, the world's falling. Like, I thought nothing of it besides, wow, this sucks for him. But I don't think it affects the team in the slightest. They, I mean, this is going to sound heartless, but Jimmy Garoppolo kind of talked about it, too. Like, they can't let it. Like you have to move on. You have to just block that out as much sad for him as you are. The league is not going to wait for you to recover. They have a game this Sunday. It's a big game for them. San Diego, San Diego, Los Angeles in prime time, a game they really need. Cause if you lose this game, you go back under 500. So you, you got to deal with it quickly and move on because Sunday's coming and they need to get right. Maybe they should have had the same like sad feeling when their franchise quarterback went down with an injury instead of a corner who hasn't played in two years. So that was a weird. Yeah, apparently they did. I actually talked to Mike Silver about that because he's the guy that wrote the article that said where some of the Niners were like, oh, we're a better team now with Trey Lance. He admitted he should have pointed out that everyone that he talked to that kind of said that started their answer with how devastated they were for Trey and about the injury. But yeah, it's uh, it, it is a little weird that there was seemingly some sort of difference there, but let's get to some of the positive stuff. And that is Debo Samuel coming back from injury. Kyle use coming back from injury. Aziz Alshire. Now I don't know that every, all of these guys are going to play in the game, but they're practicing again. I know Debo is going to play. Um, it looks like Aziz is going to play, I believe. Elijah Mitchell is going to play, definitely. He he was saying that before they even left for the bye week. So the Niners are getting some reinforcements here, which is perfect because, like we said, they need to go on this second half run. No, that's huge. And this game feels like a game that they should win. They feel like the better team. I know they have the worst record, but they seem like the better team. But the more I keep digging in, the worse I feel about it. And I don't know why. It seems like it should be a great matchup. The 49ers are so good at running. The Chargers are so bad at stopping the run. And the Chargers offense just does not look good in the slightest without their two wide receivers. Justin Herbert doesn't look the same since the rib injury. Blah, 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 blah. This should be a game. They win at home. I'm just getting a little nervous. 
Well, okay, why? Because that's what I was going to say. I, I was going to come ready, right? The Chargers can't stop the run. They've given up 170 yards on the ground in their last three games. Now the Niners are getting Elijah Mitchell back. So you've got CMC and Elijah Mitchell. Like this should match up perfectly. A weakness for their defense, a strength for the 49ers. Why, why are you worried? So there's lots of reasons and I'll, I'll get through them all. This first one's kind of silly and it doesn't really matter at all, but I just want to bring it up. The 49ers have lost each of their last five matchups versus the Chargers. They haven't won against the Chargers since 2000. And that was when Ryan Leaf was the Chargers quarterback. Jeff Garcia was the 49ers quarterback, which I thought that was kind of interesting. But also the bigger thing is that when I dug into like how well the 49ers do against these bottom five rush defenses, they've actually lost three of the last five games against bottom five rush defenses. And they've done well on the ground. Like these, their top leading rusher has done really well. The last such game was against the Texans. They won. Elijah Mitchell had 119 yards. And in the other games, they had 143 yards, 150, 137, but they're still two and three record in those games. Same thing for uh, teams allowing the most yards per carry, two and three record since 2019. So it's interesting that even though they have nice games on the ground, they're still losing. And then you add in the fact Jimmy Garoppolo in prime time. It's not good. He's he's not good in prime time. He has a two and four record over Wait, the last two Is that like a seasons. little British accent you just threw in there? I think I may have tried that. Did you like it? Did it sound good? <laughs> yeah. Can you do the whole, I want the whole no. analysis in the accent. Now. I can't do accents in the slightest. Kate's actually so good at them. You should ask her to do it. But Jimmy Garoppolo is two and four in prime time over the last two seasons. His only two wins are against the Rams. And then he has four losses against every other team. Since 2020, the 49ers are three and seven in prime time. All three wins versus the Rams. Seven losses against every other team. And then the same thing for Sunday night football. Jimmy Garoppolo is 0-3 since 2021. Of course, the one win against the Rams. So it's like, why can they beat the Rams and nobody else? It's like the only team they show up for. It's so annoying. No, I. that's what I've been saying all this week because I feel like it has been all good vibes and I get that. But this Rams game has been a mirage. And even if you do the thing that 49ers fans love to do, which is to just completely ignore 2017 and 2018 and act like, there was no way that Kyle Shanahan could ever have won games. Even if you ignore that and you just start with 2019 with Shanahan's best year, the Niners are just 25 and 24 against teams that are not the Los Angeles Rams. They have to prove that they can beat other teams consistently. I think they can. I hope they can, but they have to show it. And so I need to see it before I believe it. And I'm glad that you pointed that out because that's what I've been saying. And people keep calling me a hater, but like these are the facts and they are not in dispute. Jimmy Garoppolo has to be careful with the ball, too, because when yes. I'm looking at these games that they're losing in prime time against the Rams, fantastic at making sure he doesn't turn over the ball. In the other games, he's had at least one interception in all of them, two interceptions in four of the games since 2021. And they lost three of those games by three or fewer points. So those turnovers made a massive difference. He has to take care of the ball. Eight passing touchdowns, six interceptions over those six primetime games since 2021. That's not good enough. Take care of the ball. Don't turn it over. This should just be run, 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 run. A gazillion more times run. Let Christian McCaffrey touch the ball 30 times in this game. 
give some carries to Debo if you want, you know, do some short passes, but be safe with the ball, destroy this defense that's so injured. The Chargers have so many injuries. This should be a very easy game. But every time I say that, it ends up not. (laughs) That's the frustrating part. And that's what the offense should be. Run it with Christian McCaffrey. Run it with Elijah Mitchell. Screen pass to Kittle. Screen pass to Debo. Screen pass to McCaffrey. Jimmy G should not have to make big-time throws deep down the field. They need to protect the football. If they do that, we keep saying it with this team, but especially against a team with a weakness like the Chargers, right? With a, Who has a good quarterback, where if you give them opportunities to win, they can take advantage of it. You have to find a way to protect the football. The Niners have to win this game, right? You can't come out of the bye and immediately go back to four and five. That would just be such a dagger in your effort to make this second half run. Just find a way to get it done. It would be, and I guess we can say, well, at least it's a AFC game, you know, if they lose. They've been losing the correct games, at least, <laughs> and winning the right ones. So it's not that huge of a deal if they were to drop a game. It's just No, I you think want, it is. You want to see them come out of that win against the Rams and the bye week was momentum and look like the team they're supposed to look like with the roster that they have. One cool stat I found that I texted to you in the middle of the week is that they've been so good on third and long, which you wouldn't think of the 49ers offense with Jimmy Garoppolo as being so successful when you're stuck in those situations. But they're converting 44.4% of third and longs or actually third and 10 yards plus. That's tied for the highest rate in the NFL with the Chiefs. And also what's cool is that they only have 18 such attempts which is the second fewest in the NFL, only behind the Bills. So they're not getting stuck in these situations a lot, which is really good. And when they are, they're doing a really good job converting them, which is huge. And then, of course, I went to go look to see which defenses are the worst in these situations, and it is the Chargers. They're allowing the highest conversion rate when opponents are at third and 10 or longer. So this is just a really nice matchup for them in so many ways that it should be a win. I'm just getting, I'm just talking myself into being nervous because this team <laughs> tends to disappoint when they should be good. I want to respond to that. But first, I disagreed with the earlier point you made about, well, it's an AFC game. I don't think there are any games now that the 49ers can drop because the wild card in the NFC is getting really difficult for the Niners because of the friggin' NFC East and the fact that nobody loses in that damn division except for Washington. <laughs> the Niners' path to the playoffs if they don't win the division is not guaranteed. And look, you're you're two games behind Seattle's. So you gotta you gotta catch up there. Seattle could very well lose this week. I mean we'll know because that game kicks off at 930 Eastern time, 630 Pacific, because they're playing uh Tampa Bay in Munich, Germany. So The Niners can't afford to drop these games. I don't care if it's AFC or NFC because you got to find a way to get into the playoffs and you can't do that unless you win on the third and long thing. Their whole game plan is built around avoiding third and long. Like that's Kyle Shanahan's nightmare. That's the exact situation he's doing everything in his power to avoid. I think it's part of the reason they traded for Christian McCaffrey, to be honest with you. So I'm not surprised that they have the fewest uh, attempts in that situation, but I am surprised at the success rate. That's wild. It's a really high rate. That's really, really good. I'm impressed with them 
uh, definitely an improvement from last year as well. I don't have the exact numbers, but it's really good to see. Hopefully they can keep that up and also keep up, you know, not being in that situation as much. What you were saying about the commanders, like the, all, every team winning, like I'm so happy the Vikings ended up winning that game because right now, if the commanders would have won that, they would have been, uh, the commanders would have been in seventh seed, 49ers looking out. Yeah, we could use some of uh, these teams losing. They had a good buy. The Niners, by and large, had a very strong bye week in terms of results around the rest of the NFC. If Seattle had just lost to Arizona, that would have been perfect. But, you know, uh, not everything can work out. But, like, almost every other thing that needed to go in the 49ers' favor did. So that's obviously good. Why are the Seahawks so good? I mean, I know we talked about this last week. I told you a lot of things, but... They shouldn't be so good. Why? I think they're losing this week. I think they're going to lose, to be honest with you. I think that Brady getting that win last week, I think if he had lost last week, they were just going to pack it in and whatever. But the fact that they won last week, they beat the Rams in the fashion that they did, going down the field, getting a touchdown when they needed to stick it in the end zone so late in that game. I think the the Bucs are going to come out with a little fight. I think it's going to feel like a bigger game because it's in Germany and the NFL is ridiculously popular there. I think that game sold out in like seconds and almost crashed the ticket website when they went on sale. I think it's going to feel like a very big game. And I don't think Seattle has a ton of experience. At least Geno Smith doesn't. And we know Tom Brady has a ton of experience playing in, in big games. I think I would not be surprised at all if Tampa goes and wins that game. And we really need Tampa to win. It's so hard to root for Tom Brady, but... They really need Tampa Bay to win this game because Seattle just can't keep winning and winning and winning. And you really don't care about the Buccaneers because that whole division is so bad. Like even Tampa Bay could still lose this game and still win the division. Like <laughs> yep. they're, they're going to win this division or some terrible team is, and the others mm-hmm. are not going to make the playoffs. So it does not matter. But the Seahawks schedule is so easy after their bye for the first three games, the Raiders, the Rams stink, and then the Panthers. Like those are three more wins right there, most likely. So they really need to lose to the Buccaneers, please. I guess I'll be rooting for Tom Brady on Sunday morning, which is not something I like to do. Absolutely, and you want you want the Bucks to win because the Falcons have the tiebreaker over the Niners. So you know you don't want the Falcons anywhere involved in competing for a wild card spot either, because the Niners lost that game head to head. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll hit a couple best bets. Niners. Chargers on Sunday Night Football. Back here on the Gold Diggers podcast. All right, Michelle, we're at a little bit of a loss because we don't have as many bets up as usual because they're, they're waiting for some injury news. But we've got a couple for you that we like. Um, one, I think, is super obvious. So let's start with that one. Christian McCaffrey. I mean, we just spent the whole first half of the show laying it out. You expect him to have a big day. I do. Uh, he should have a big day. So they have his line at 74 and a half rushing yards. He had 18 carries last week. That's a really good sign. They want to feed him. Even if Elijah Mitchell is back, like, I don't expect them to give him too much work right away. Like let's keep him healthy for at least one week. He'll get some work, but I, I fully expect this to be Christian McCaffrey's backfield. As we already mentioned, it's not even that the chargers are allowing the most or the fourth most rushing yards per game, they're allowing 5.7 yards per carry. <laughs> that's like, that's stupid high. It's so much by far the most in the NFL. They've allowed, you know, Kenneth Walker to go off for 167 yards in week seven, Nick Chubb, 134, Damian Pierce, 131, James Robinson had 100, 
Tyler Algier had 99 last week against them. There is no reason Christian McCaffrey does not hit this. And there's no reason not to feed him. Like, get the ball out of Jimmy Grapple's hands. Give the ball to your best player. And he should easily hit this over. I don't think he's going to need 25 carries to get it, too. No. That's, even if Like 15. It would yeah. Be fine. Even if Kyle doesn't want to give him a ton of work, that doesn't necessarily mean he won't get it. So I totally agree with you. They absolutely should. The one thing I'll point out about Christian McCaffrey that I feel like is going under the radar, he needs to hold on to the ball better. He has fumbled. Last week he fumbled. I mean, the ball it pops up and is just floating <laughs> for anyone to take and somehow falls into the hands of Ray Ray McLeod, who is on the ground, the only 49er in the area. He also fumbled in his first game with the 49 Like, dude, hang on to the football. Got to do that better. We just talked about how important turnovers are. But I agree. I think Christian McCaffrey is easily going to hit this over. I wish if it was all-purpose yards, I would be, you know, betting a lot more money. The fact that it's just rushing yards, okay. Uh, but I agree with you. Now, in terms of uh, our second best bet, or your second best bet, I should say. I don't want to take any credit for your research. You're going to the other running back. Yes. And my second best bet would actually be something else. And we can hit on that. I don't have the exact numbers. We'll hit on that after. Austin Eckler, though, is one of my bets. This is scary because, you know, I don't normally like the unders. I don't oh, like the unders. Oh, boy. I'm taking the under 42 and a half rushing yards. Now, that's a pretty low line. That's not a hard number to get to for any running back. But he actually has been under this number in five of his eight games this year. He's averaged fewer than three and a half rushing yards per carry in six of his eight games, including four games with fewer than three yards per carry. So he has not been efficient on the ground and he actually just hasn't been an efficient, efficient runner in his career. He's so good as a pass catcher and he's good enough as a rusher. Like it's not all his fault. Their offensive line is pretty crap. and It's been crap. And now they even have more injuries. So it's going to even be more crap. And we already know how good the 49, 49ers are at stopping the run, allowing the fewest yards per carry in the NFL at only 3.45 yards per carry. So it would take him 15 carries to hit this over. And that's if he's averaging three yards per carry. And I don't think they're going to give him the ball that much. Isaiah Spiller stole seven carries from him last week. They're getting him more involved. He's the rookie now that he's healthy. So I don't think Eckler gets that amount of work on the ground. And I think he's going to, be very inefficient with the work he does get. So I'm taking the under. If anything, I mean, if the game goes the way the 49ers would like it to go, they'll be up multiple scores. The Chargers will have to pass. So an Eckler may be very involved in that, like you said, but in terms of actual carries on the ground, I don't think he's going to get a ton. And like you said, he's not really a great running. Back. He's an incredible receiver out of that yeah. spot. He's not a very, you know, noteworthy running back. So I, I like that. I'd feel even better about it if Eric Armstead and or Javon Kinlaw were going to be in a lineup. It doesn't look like that's going to be the case, unfortunately. I don't think we're going to see Eric Armstead for the rest of the season. Ugh. found out he was dealing with a hairline fracture in his ankle, plus the whole plantar fasciitis thing. I, I just, I hope we do because he makes a huge difference. When he's in there, they give up about 65 rushing yards a game, and without him, they give up over 100. So I'd love to see Eric Armstead back. Plus, I think he's uh, one of the leaders in the locker room with the team. But you just can't count on it, unfortunately. But even with that said, the Niners defense still playing very well. Eckler should have under 42 and a half. What was the other bet you mentioned? So it's DeAndre Carter. He's the slot wide receiver for the Chargers. Obviously, would feel like I want to make sure Keaton Allen is out. And I, that's why they don't have the bets up yet. 
But Keenan Allen has missed last, the last two practices. I really do not expect him to play in this game based off his comments that he said, I'm not playing until I'm 100% and right. I'm not on a snap count. So that has me feeling, well, if he's not practicing, he's clearly not 100%. And he himself said he's not going to play if he's not at 100%. So I like DeAndre Carter. Every single week I come on here and say the 49ers stink against slot wide receivers. They always allow it. And it could be like the most random guys like Shy Smith from the cart or from the Panthers. Like they just, that's where they struggle. And DeAndre Carter's running a ton of routes out of the slot last week against the Falcons. His line was about 30 receiving yards. I think it was 32. He hit, he hit it. He had 53 receiving yards on six targets, five receptions. I think he has a similar stat line this week against the 49ers. The 49ers need to make sure that Justin Herbert has to throw the ball 50 times in this game. Stop the run. There's no reason you can't because everyone else can stop this run game. Make Herbert throw the ball to these, to Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter with without their top two guys. You know, Gerald Everett is, will be stopped because they stop all tight ends. And they're going to struggle. Herbert will make his mistakes because he's throwing to nobodies. And DeAndre Carter will hit this over. I'm easily taking anything around 40 or lower. I love that when you pick the best bets, like you, you're like a doctor, you press until it hurts. If the Niners can't cover the slot, whoever the slot person is for the team coming in, take them every single week. That's how you make money, right? Like there's no reason to stop doing it. If it works every week, every week. Now we didn't get the Cooper cup over, but he still had 80 something yards. He just didn't get his insane hundred. Well, because he only had one catch in the second half and it came in garbage time, which was unbelievable, by the way. I mean, that is that's how suffocating the Niners defense was in the second half of that game. And they never stopped Cooper Cup. I mean, I don't I still don't really know how that happened because they're so good against the Rams. <laughs> like, I did, why can't you have the same energy and play style when you play other teams? Why? You have it's to. the Packers and the Rams. They just like come alive. They come alive. Just pretend like you're playing them every week. Right. Play it in at SoFi. Maybe that'll help. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I do like, I mean, this we've talked about this before this kicks off the second half for the Niners, where they're basically at home every single week, more or less. Um no, first game on primetime after the bye, then they're on Monday night football in Mexico against the Cardinals, which I mean, the Cardinals look like an absolute dumpster fire. That's why like this win would be so great. Get a win this week, get a win over the Cardinals. All of a sudden you're six and four and, and, and you've built up some momentum here. You are in the process of making that run that they keep talking about, but they need to actually go out and do it. And the time is now and everyone, you know, when I was dogging Kyle Shanahan early in the year, people were like, whoa, he was seven and two down the stretch last year. It's like, okay, great. But one, I don't want to have to count on that every year. And two, like, let's see it again. Because I, I need to see it to believe it. Like I said, 25 and 24 against non-Rams teams in the last three years. Yeah, in the NFC, I mean, it was looking so bad at first there, but there's actually a lot of teams with six wins now. You got to catch up. Yes, like, there's no reason. There's no reason to be competing with the Falcons and the Commanders and the Saints and the Cardinals and the Bears for this last spot. There's no reason to get close to that. Like you're the way better at roster than these teams. You should be competing with the best in the conference. And like I, I get like I'm not totally scared of the Eagles if they have to face them. But like you don't want to be the seventh seed having to go to Philadelphia. Oh, well, I guess they would have a bye. So you'd be right. going to the Vikings. 
But still, like, let's let's catch up to the rest of the top top contenders and sh- prove that you know we belong here too. The Vikings do not scare me at all. No, they do you don't. know if Josh Allen doesn't play this weekend, which I don't think he will, that'll be the fourth backup quarterback that the Vikings have faced this year. Like, get the hell out of here. They have first round playoff loss written all over them. Do they not? Case Keenum revenge game. I think right. they lose to Buffalo no matter what. Really? Even with Case Keenum? Yeah, I do. I think they're going to lose. In Buffalo, it's, they, they have a great defense. So Kirk Cousins is going to have to beat the Bills defense. I think Case Keenum can do enough. You still have good weapons. Uh, I don't. Their run game stinks, but they'll be fine. Oh, I'd love to see the Vikings. I, will, I root for It'll everybody. It'll be a low-scoring game. My son asked me every week, like, Dad, who are we rooting for in this game? Because I, you know, I watch Red Zone and the games hop all around. And I always tell him, if they're in the NFC and they're not the Niners, almost always we're rooting for them to lose. So, yeah, go Buffalo. Yeah, and the Bills, I feel like Case Keenum is going to be so excited to get the start with a good team and <laughs> against his old team. And then Stefan Diggs against the old team. It's kind of weird that they're together and they'd be playing their old team. It's kind of cool. I don't know how the NFL just this always happens. Anytime a guy has to start, it's always against his old team. They're like, they're very good at that. And it's weird going to be Case Keenum throwing to Stefan Diggs again. Last time we saw that, it was the Minneapolis miracle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be fun. How fun would it be like if there was another play like that? Like just like throw it deep to Stefan every time to just make that magic happen. (laughs) Just so we can bring that up again and show that clip. Uh, So look, everything is on the table for the Niners and they have every reason that they should win this game. But this is what we've been saying about this team is that they beat themselves. It's all there for them. And yet we have seen this offense just come out and, and sputter and stall out. I want to see the Niners come out. I want to see them come right down the field, stick it in the end zone, no stupid field goals, stick it in the end zone. And I want to see consistent scoring with this team, not just score on the first scripted drive and then struggle the rest of the first half. I'm tired of that. Jimmy, hold on to the ball. Don't don't throw it into triple coverage. Be safe with it. Just don't do anything stupid, please. And they'll win. They'll win if Jimmy Garoppolo does not turn over the ball. They'll win. As we have said for pretty much every Jimmy Garoppolo start for his entire 49ers tenure. But good, bad, ugly, no matter what happens, we will be here for you after the game in the Instant Reaction podcast on the Niners Nation Facebook, Twitter, YouTube pages, my Twitch page at Stats on Fire, which you're not even subscribed to, Michelle, which I don't know why. Why do you hate me? But let's go. I need subscribers. You got to hop in. How'd you know I wasn't subscribed? Because I got like six subscribers. I just started it. All right. I'm building it up. So please, please. I don't do have that. a YouTube account. I'm not 90. You don't have a YouTube account? The Twitch. I'm talking about Twitch. Oh, well, I wasn't even listening to you. I definitely don't have a Twitch account. Why were you not listening? What was so pressing that you were ignoring me? You well, thought- normally, normally when you close out the show, I just kind of, you know, go blank. I don't know. What the hell? <laughs> last week, last week, you know. made me responsible for the hellscape that is Twitter. You blamed me for that. This week, you've admitted that you just stopped listening as soon as I try to wrap up the show. Twitter is going to fall apart. So, yeah, it's, it's already falling apart. It- it's very weird. So I guess we do have to find a new thing. Is it Twitch? Is that the new thing? There you the go. Kids are doing. See, there you go. Also, don't forget, we have the crossover podcast going to come out tomorrow. That's with me and Michael Peterson, who covers the Chargers for Bolts from the Blue, our Chargers community here at SB Nation. will break down what he thinks the Niners are going to do and exactly what the hell's going on with Justin Herbert, because he should be better than he is, but he's not. Anyway, 
Thank you for all the ratings and reviews. We appreciate it. We are the fastest growing 49ers podcast on the planet. That is due to you and your support. And we are grateful for it. Michelle, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Bye, y'all. Thank you.